This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. In the Bible, when Paul and Barnabas left Antioch to begin their first missionary journey, they took with them John Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. And as they departed, it seemed that this young man, John Mark, had all the essentials necessary for making a real contribution to the missionary effort. However, after the three of them landed on the continent of Asia Minor, John Mark left Paul and Barnabas and returned home. Why did he leave? Well, there have been a lot of guesses over the years, but no conclusive answers. Some have said maybe Mark was homesick. Uh, Others say, well, when the three of them left Antioch, Barnabas was the unmistakable leader. But by the time they reached Perga, Paul had assumed the reins of leadership. And since Barnabas was John Mark's cousin, Mark may have left the group because he was unhappy that his cousin was no longer in charge. Uh, A third idea, suggestion has been made why Mark left. Uh, He may have left because he didn't like the way Paul was taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Maybe John Mark's own Jewish prejudice would not allow him to welcome non-Jews into the family of God. Another theory, perhaps Mark resisted Paul's leadership style. Well, there are a lot of reasons people have proposed why Mark left and went back home. Whatever the reason for his leaving, the fact is that Mark quit and went home. When Paul and Barnabas got ready to begin their second missionary journey, Barnabas wanted to give Mark a second chance. Paul, however, would not hear of this. And so some bitter words were spoken between the two missionaries, Paul and Barnabas. Because of their bitter dispute over John Mark, Paul and Barnabas parted company, went their separate ways. It's obvious that Paul felt strongly that John Mark was unworthy of going on this second trip. Now, as time passed, however, Paul did have a change of heart toward Mark. In fact, Paul said to Timothy, Take Mark and bring him with you, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Mark had proved that he did have some worth in him, and Paul finally recognized this. But in the beginning, it was another story. Mark had failed. He had deserted them. He had quit and had gone back home. Can you imagine what might have happened to John Mark if he had constantly relived the fact that he had failed on that first missionary journey? Why, he would have never accomplished anything at all in the Lord's work. It is great to know that Mark was obviously able to understand that yesterday, with all of its failures, had to be a closed book. No person is a total failure. John Mark understood this, and you and I need to understand it also. There's always hope for the future. 
during World War II, World War II, there was a hospital in France dedicated to caring for the mentally ill. That hospital was struck by a bomb. The explosion permitted all of the 156 patients in that mental hospital to escape. The people were all placed in this hospital because they were considered to be hopeless cases. The authorities searched everywhere for these patients, but it took many years to locate all of them. They were scattered here, there, and yonder. Eventually, it was discovered that of the 156 former patients, 86 of them had become productive, healthy, useful persons. These men and women had refused to allow past failures to dictate their new lives. For them, yesterday was a closed book. This morning I want to suggest briefly just three ways in which we can conquer our past failures also. The first, accept the help of God. It has to start here. We must always remember that God does not view us as hopeless failures. He sees the unlimited potential that is present in everybody's life. God did not create a single person for defeat, but for victory. Yes, he knew that we were going to have some personal setbacks, so he made provisions for these too. Even in our sins, our failures, God sent his son Jesus to die so that we might have victory through him. In America, when the president of our nation is elected, when we have a new president, we can expect to hear within a few weeks that person's inaugural address. Did you know that Jesus had an inaugural address also? At the very outset of his earthly ministry, Jesus went into the synagogue and read those words from the Isaiah, which set the theme of his entire ministry. And as I read these words in just a moment, listen closely and see if he had anything to say to those who were failures, the down and outs. Reading from Luke chapter 4. Verses 18 and 19. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Oh yes, Jesus gives strength to those who have failed. Across the hills of Galilee came the beggars, the blind, the sick, the cripples, the outcasts, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the lepers, the aristocrats, the soldiers, the politicians, and the little children. All to hear from Jesus one great truth. God cares. Even when we do fail, even when our sins pile up on us and almost overwhelm us. The Bible promises that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. Because of the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ, we can make yesterday a closed book. The Apostle Peter certainly had his share of failures, didn't he? 
He was limited in his forgiveness. He was weak in prayer. But he was quite good at turning the air blue with cursing. He had a loud mouth, a weak will, and yet Jesus never gave up on him. One time when Peter seemed to realize what a woeful wretch he was, Luke 5, verse 8, he said, Depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinner. If Peter had constantly relived in his mind when he denied his Lord before the campfire, he would have been a defeated Christian. But rather than doing that, though, he put his failure behind him with the help of God. Yesterday at the campfire became a closed book. Even though Billy Graham has gone on to be with the Lord, they still show his crusades many times on television. If you've ever watched one of those crusades or if you've seen uh, other religious programs on TV, you've no doubt seen people who have been former addicts or alcoholics who are at the very bottom of their lives. And we thrill to hear how Christ changes lives and breaks the power of canceled sin and sets the prisoner free. But what would happen to these people if they continued to condemn themselves for past failures? You know the answer. They would end up back on the ash heap. Yesterday has to remain a closed book for them. What I'm saying this morning is that the beginning point for conquering our failures is to accept the help which God is now offering to you. His forgiveness through Jesus Christ is complete cleansing, revitalizing. You say, oh, that's too good to be true. Yes, but it is true. Some people say, but preacher, I just don't feel it. All right, you don't have to feel it to accept it. God never promised you an instantaneous glow, but accept his forgiveness and his help, even if you have to pray, Lord, I don't understand how you can help me but I do want to accept your help right now. And so by an act of my will, I want to close the book on yesterday with all of its failures. Accept the help that God has to offer. That's the first step. A second way in which we can put our failures to rest is through the attitude of faith. History reveals so many stories of men and women whose attitude of faith has helped them close the book on yesterday. Let me give you just about three examples. Abraham Lincoln knew the meaning of failure. He was a business failure. He nearly failed in the law profession. He was defeated in his first attempt to be elected to the Illinois State Legislature. He was defeated in his first attempt to be elected to the United States Congress. He was defeated in his bid to become the commissioner of the General Land Office. In 1856, Lincoln was defeated in his bid for the vice presidency. And in 1858, he was defeated in his second attempt to be elected to Congress. However, after all these failures, Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States in the year 1860. For him, yesterday was a closed book. Many of you may know the name Dr. David Livingston, the great missionary doctor of Africa, a man of strong character. He gave his life for the people of Africa. With the gospel, he brought healing to many people. 
and with his medical skill, he brought health to many diseased bodies. At one point during his travels across the dark continent, Livingston came to the ruins of a Christian church. That church had been established by the Jesuits hundreds of years before, but now it was in ruins, giving mute testimony to the failure of the Jesuits. As he looked at the scene, dark despair choked his mind. And in his journal, Livingston wrote these words, Why should I go on? Is it worthwhile going on trying to open up Africa with its teeming millions to Christian gospel, when tomorrow morning I too may be knocked in the head by ignorant savages? But we know that David Livingston did go on. He had more than his share of failures, but he never gave in to those failures. For him, yesterday with all its failures was simply a closed book. The third example I want to give you is the story of a young man who very much wanted to play baseball in the major leagues. He was a good hitter, but he couldn't feel the ball when he was out in the field. He was very thin, giving the appearance that he might fall over at any moment. One day in the year 1925, the great Ty Cobb, another great baseball player, saw this young man trying to play ball and he sarcastically referred to this fellow as piano legs. That name stuck, but not for long. Eventually, he became one of the greatest baseball players of all time. This young man set the record for the most consecutive games ever played, 2,130. Not many people have ever heard of piano legs, but anybody who is familiar with baseball greats knows the name Lou Gehrig. This was a man who never gave in to his failures. Because of an incurable disease, Lou Gehrig had to give up baseball. And on July the 4th, 1939, Yankee Stadium observed Lou Gehrig Day, on which occasion Gehrig went to the microphone and said these words, For the past two weeks, you've been reading about a bad break Yet today, I consider myself to be the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And even after he was forced out of baseball by this strange disease, Lou Gehrig refused to quit. He started a new career with the New York Parole Office, where he worked until his death in 1941. Even in sickness, this man refused to swim in the polluted waters of self-pity. Yesterday was a closed book for him. Now these are just three illustrations of what people can do when they are willing to cultivate a positive attitude of faith. But I want to mention just one further step, a third step which must be taken when the book of yesterday's failure is closed. It's not just enough to erase the bad. That void needs to be filled with what I'm calling an active service for other people. This is where the example of Jesus is so beautiful, so helpful for us. If the Christian is to be Christ-like, that means that we need to show unselfish love for others. 
We need to do this, not just for their sake, but also for our own sake. Unselfish love is a tonic to the soul. At this very moment, there may be somebody who needs that love that only you can give. Without it, that person's life is incomplete. Maybe a member of your family. Possibly it's your neighbor or the person with whom you work. You really don't have time to indulge in your own self-pity because there are too many others who are stuck in their self-pity and they need you to lift them out of despair. The strange thing about all this whole process is that when you help other people, you end up helping yourself. As someone so well said, you cannot pour the oil of kindness on somebody else without spilling a few drops on yourself. A good example of this from the Bible is Zacchaeus. Now, here was a man who was a real failure if you ever wanted to see one. Oh, from a material standpoint, he was a great success. He had money, power, position, prestige, all the outward symbols of success. But inwardly, Zacchaeus knew he was a total failure because his wealth had been acquired through fraud, deceit, cheating, and stealing. Zacchaeus knew the misery of being a public success and a private failure. But one day, Jesus came into his town, into his home, and into his heart. And when that happened, the first thing that little tax collector wanted to do was to give to other people, not just restitution, but more than that. I can't help thinking, but Zacchaeus surely got a big kick out of giving, helping, doing for other people. Now, yes, probably he helped those people who got their money back, I know, but I believe Zacchaeus got the greatest blessing in this transaction. Can't you just see him now going to people, giving away money? Use your imagination with me just a minute. Zacchaeus goes up to one man, who, by the way, hated to see him come in his way, and Zacchaeus says, Hey, friend, I'm not asking for more tax money this time. I've come to confess that I have stolen $100 from you over the years. Here, I want you to take $400. (laughs) Now, look at the twinkle in Zacchaeus' eyes. Here was a man who turned his failure over to God. He put his faith, his life into the hands of Jesus. We can't always go back and undo all our failures, but Zacchaeus did find that having made yesterday a closed book, he could begin helping others. He became involved in the business of restoration. Instead of sitting around and condemning himself for all of his failures, he gave himself in service to other people. And so, as you look at your life this morning, you see any failures? You do not have to be overcome by them. God knows far more than we do that trying to live in the past only brings misery. He wants us to turn those past failures over to him and move forward in his strength. Apostle Paul said, Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. How do we do this? Three ways, by accepting God's help, by adopting an attitude of faith, and by active involvement in helping other people. Yes, with Christ, 
we can do all things. We can even discover that yesterday is indeed a closed book and that today is a day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh God, help us to do just that. We have so much all around us that's gloom and doom and despair. But grant, Lord, that we may know that when we put our lives in your hands, that even though we do have problems still, it's a day that you've made and we can rejoice. Thank you for giving us that through your son, Jesus. Amen.